Greetings, our beloved listeners. Are you ready to dive deep into entrepreneurial waters with our guest? He is the Dutch living the Croatian dream, the architect behind the agricultural renovation with crop. And that's a long way from the world of marketing. But more importantly, he is caring father and loving husband. And he's the man who provides. Ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome Jean de Jong to the Ecosos Unscripted podcast. Jean, are you ready to go genuine, uncensored and unscripted? And how are you doing? Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Thank you. Wonderful introduction. Uh, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm excited for, uh, for being part of this. Thank you for being here. And for the beginning, uh, to make this uh, conversation go casually, we have 10 words for you. Just say the first things that comes to, you, to your mind when you hear it, okay? Okay, yes. Okay. So here's the first word. Opportunity. Croatia. Mm. Uh, good enough. Good enough. No, don't settle for that. Don't settle for good enough. Yeah, that's good mindset. Netherlands. Home. Risk. Uh, very often people think that being an entrepreneur is like risky. Uh, but I really see it as a way of actually uh, betting on yourself, on your own ability. That's good. Agriculture. Uh, Croatia. Home as well. Yeah, I feel home here. Entrepreneurship. Lifestyle. Family. Mm my everything technology useful and uh, final word employee uh, well i mean uh what to say about that i mean uh, this is uh, an asset an asset to the business mm-hmm. yeah thank you for letting us listeners know a little bit about your personality and uh, well Oh. You were born in Netherlands. It's one of the richest countries in the world. And uh, it was, like you said, so predictable. So you made that jump from predictable to unpredictable to Croatia. So how, how it went like? So as, as, a, as a child growing up, I always knew that I wanted to, uh, to start my own businesses, to be an entrepreneur. I've always been uh, surrounded with a lot of entrepreneurs in, in both the family as well as uh, family friends. Uh, and when I was 17 years old, I started working for a company called M Plus Group in the Netherlands. Uh, this was like a student job, you know, I was studying marketing at the university. And in my final year of university, when I was uh, almost 22 years old, I had to uh, write my final thesis, Diplom uh, Skerat. And I went to the owner of M Plus Group in the Netherlands. And he is, uh, his name is Mato Bozic. He has Croatian roots. Uh, he grew up in the Netherlands, though. And I asked Mato whether he would be interested if I would uh, write my final thesis from Croatia. Uh, and then the, 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 the subject of my final thesis would be to actually expand M plus group to Croatia, the contact center. This was a contact center business. And uh, now, well, because of Mato's roots being in Croatia, he, he very much liked the idea of having a contact center in Croatia. So I decided to... Uh, to collect all my belongings. I put it in the car on the 3rd of September, 2006. And I drove down to Split where Mato already had an office. And that's where I started writing my final thesis. And after about three, four months, I got my first client. And a couple of months after that, I got another client. And by the time that I graduated, I had about um, 25 employees in, uh, in Croatia. Then um, after graduation, 
I uh, I had a lunch with Mato, and uh, he was he offered me fifty uh, percent of the business on the condition that I would go back to Croatia to finish what I start, but what I started. And um, I mean, fast forward nine years later, the the company that I co-founded as a student, writing my diploma skirat, my final thesis. Um, uh, nine years later, that company employed more than 400 people. And uh, after that, I um, I made an exit from it. I sold my shares. Yeah. So that's like how I, I like ended up say, from... Go ahead. Yeah, from Netherlands to here. So if, uh, like I like to say, if you can make it here, you can make it every, everywhere. And you said... All well, I mean, just, just to get back to that... This is not the first time that somebody tells me that, you know, like uh, if you can make it in Croatia, you can make it anywhere. Um, but, you know, I mean, people always very often they ask me, like, you know, is it uh, is it much harder to start a business in Croatia compared to the Netherlands? And uh, my, my answer to that is actually always that I don't think it's necessarily harder in Croatia. It's just harder for different reasons. Uh, I think that starting a business doesn't matter where you do it. It's always very difficult to do that. Not just Croatia, whole ex-Yugoslavia region. It has mm. this mentality money overnight. So that's, I think, uh, main fail failure for everyone because they, they just think that money will flow from the sky. My overnight success took me nine years. Uh, listen, yeah. uh, like you mentioned it, uh, everybody... Uh, things that in Croatia starting business is uh, tougher and I think that's the generally uh, the consensus that we build for our ex-Yugoslavian countries uh -huh. so I want to ask you like you in 2006 was it uh, then that you came in Croatia yeah that's right uh, yeah at the time uh, I think you will agree it wasn't the best time for Croatia it certainly wasn't advanced as it as it is now you know and uh, right now, it it moved the needle a lot. Uh, so, yeah. would you agree that in some sense, in 2006, you would understand if people were like, uh, "Oh well, the Balkan countries, Croatia, th that's that's not where exactly what I want to go." You know, I would want to go to Netherlands instead of going to Croatia, and Croatians would like to go to Netherlands. Is that? Yeah. Could you tell that's the truth in some sense? Well, I think that numbers speak for themselves. Uh, when I arrived in Croatia, Croatia had a population of 4.5 million people. Today we are at uh, 3.85 million people in Croatia. So over the past 15 years, we have lost more than half a million uh, of, of Croatia's population. And those people, uh, most often, they, they went to countries like the Netherlands, like Germany, like Ireland. I personally know many people uh, that 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 got themselves great jobs in Ireland, for example, in the IT sector, um, you know, but um, perhaps, you know, let me put it this way. Very often people think that the grass is greener on the other, other side of the fence. And I can imagine, of course, that uh, people think that, that life in the Netherlands or in Ireland, that life is much better than in Croatia. Definitely the living standard is, is higher in those countries. But again, you know, if you come as a foreigner, in that case, as a, as a Croat, if you come to Ireland or the Netherlands or Germany and, and, and you're going to have to start from scratch over there, um, it, it, it's definitely not easy. It's a very big step to make. Uh, I made that step actually then going from the Netherlands to Croatia, which is also a very big step. Uh, I was just fortunate enough that, uh, first of all, I was very young. I was 22 when I came to Croatia. 
I had a lot of energy. I had a lot of ambition. And the only person that I had to take care of was myself. You know, I didn't have kids already, that kind of responsibility. I didn't have any of that. So I could really basically decide to go all in. And that's what I did. So basically, it's really important when you start to, to free yourself, uh, to start that entrepreneurial life. Uh, most people here in Montenegro, in Croatia, they think that they first want family. Yeah, and then they they just want that uh, government-related uh, uh, job in some administration or something. Th they don't have the, the mindset for that. And when we yeah. or we are the candidate for the European Union, so do you think that uh, the similar thing like Croatia uh, the, the, for people to go outside of our borders? Yeah, well, um, uh, I mean, I've been to Montenegro, I've been to Butva, I've been to... Um, uh Podgorica I've, I've also been to uh, how you call that uh, this this valley on your way to Podgorica the what is it Emperor's Village Emperor em Cetinje Cetinje yeah is it Cetinje yeah I've been there too yeah, yes, yes. Uh, I mean obviously uh Montenegro is is a beautiful country you have an amazing climate you have an amazing lifestyle your your food is amazing over there um the sea I mean cannot get any better than that uh but you know uh in, in terms of um the moment that, that montenegro would join the european union and therefore the borders would open and therefore uh, people from montenegro would be able to to live anywhere and work anywhere within the european union i'm definitely afraid that that many people would take that chance and and, and leave montenegro because you know uh you, you cannot live off of a great lifestyle you know you need to have good income or, or a reasonable amount of income and you know i would say that in, in in this region uh okay as an it professional you can probably make good money in this region uh there are probably some other professions where you can make good money or or let's say live a good life um but for 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 many people of course uh, just working a regular job uh, it's it's literally surviving from month to month uh, with that kind of an income. And, uh, you know, I, I, I sometimes say that the only way to really become financially independent, especially in this region, is either for you to be extremely good at sports or to start your own business and to uh, to make it really big in, in, in entrepreneurship. Because otherwise, it's, I, I don't see any possibilities to do it differently. But... Um, yeah, not everybody is made for entrepreneurship, you know, I mean, people, when they look at it from the outside at entrepreneurship and, and at entrepreneurs that have done well, they, they, you know, they very often think that that's something that they also want, but true to be told, but I don't think that many people want to have the downside of entrepreneurship. They only want to have the upside of entrepreneurship. They, they, they like the lifestyle, the freedom uh the possibility to create uh they love the perhaps the the houses the cars you know those kind of things the holidays but at the same time you know they they wouldn't like to have the worries that we have as entrepreneurs being an entrepreneur means that you know maybe i'm not working 24 7 but i'm definitely thinking about the business 24 7 you're thinking about your employees 24 7 you're thinking about your clients 24 7 where on the other hand, if you work a nine to five job, as a matter of saying, you close the door and you're no longer at work, you know, you're, you can shut off your brain and focus on something else. Yeah. 
you know it's it's um every every uh, there's always two sides to the coin of the coin so is there where your uh company crop comes in like in the lack of the better term let's say obstacle between people going out of croatia for example and uh, mm. opportunities in re- european union because it is bringing together technology it sector and agriculture well i wouldn't really call it the it sector uh this is really about um the the the, the agriculture technology then i mean um of course this this also involves ai artificial intelligence uh it, it involves climate computers and these kind of things but um yeah i mean not, not exactly sure what what is what is the question here uh, would people rather go abroad to work a, a job over there or i mean let me ask you this let me ask you this uh your goal did you said with the with the crop if i understood it correctly was yeah. to make Croatia again export more than it imports is that right yes that's right so let me ask you this that is not an easy task obviously do you think no, it's a huge the, task the country, yeah. Yeah, huge task. I want to ask you this. Do you have, like, uh, when I read Napoleon Hill, he said something that stuck with me. Uh, goal is a dream with a deadline. What is, do you have any kind of deadline on that? Do you think about it? How, because that's a huge project. Do you have a, like, deadline where you say, oh, this must be achieved by 2030s, 2040s? Do, do you see something like that in your mind? Or you're no. like, we're going to keep doing this and we'll see where we get i mean whenever i start any kind of business i don't have uh like a strict deadline that i wanna that i wanna keep let's say in front of me and 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 with the goal okay i want to be that big by that time uh because i mean it's 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 so unpredictable you know i mean i could make that goal by in in a deadline i could be far bigger than that or i could simply not make it because of certain factors you know uh my goal with with crop then in this case and perhaps this is a bit uh, philosophical uh but then again you know sometimes i'm also a dreamer uh when when i look at for example people that are growing up in uh, in slavonia and if they have to make um, a decision on whether they for example would want to move to Zagreb and study economics over there. And then after they graduate to work an office job at some company in Zagreb, or that those people from Slavonia would, for example, go and study agriculture at the university in Osijek, uh, graduate, go back home to where they come from and run a greenhouse over there and have a better salary than they would make by working an office job in Zagreb. I think that's the dream. If we can accomplish that, then we can uh, then we can say that we truly did something, that we brought change to a region where I personally think that the agriculture sector in Croatia should be a bigger sector than the tourism sector. Uh, and where I think that uh, Slavonia uh, has the potential to become a richer region than, for example, Dalmatia is because of agriculture. Uh, yeah, so that that's the dream and i mean i'm 
yeah sorry that that's the dream and and I'm, i'm not saying that that should be accomplished by 2030 for sure it cannot be accomplished by 2030 this is a project that will last for decades something interesting you mentioned there like you you said that you think agriculture should be bigger than tourism in croatia Absolutely. on that note do you think croatia maybe depends too much on tourism like montenegro sure. absolutely does depend is for it sure. the same with croatia yeah. Absolutely. I mean, more than 20% of Croatia's GDP depends on tourism. And you see during a global pandemic, what kind of a catastrophe that is, you know, your your entire economy just implodes because of the high dependency on, on, on tourism. And I think that it's never good to depend on any industry for that much. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that, therefore, you know, a lot of people, <laughs> when I mention this, they think that I want the tourism industry to become smaller. But that's not the thing. I want everything else to become bigger. And if everything else becomes bigger, then your dependency on tourism becomes smaller. Uh, and, and, you know, also as a business owner, I've had several situations where myself where I would sign a huge deal. And all of a sudden, my largest client would be responsible for like, 40 or 50 percent of my total revenue well that doesn't mean that i'm going to go to that client and say like hey you should give me less business because i depend too much on you that means that i should get more clients on board and make other clients bigger so that i don't depend on that large client for 40 or 50 percent of my revenue and that's what i think that that we as a country or as a region should should focus on if we depend too much on tourism we should invest heavily in all the other sectors, IT being one of them, uh, agriculture being one of them. Um, I mean, and even <laughs> in Croatia, we can even say that automotive should be one of them with Rimac being there. Now that you mentioned Rimac, now, and that phrase uh, that it's hard to start here, but actually when we see the business scene today, there are a lot of Croatians like uh, Rimac uh, doing great uh, things. Uh, I mean, if you said to uh, someone in Zagreb that, that man from Croatia will buy Bugatti, uh, he will just look at you, what the, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an amazing story. Um, obviously, Matarimac is also a dreamer. Uh, he had his dream and, and, and he, at the end, brought Bugatti to have a headquarters in Svetanadelia. I mean... <laughs> It's uh, it's an amazing uh, it's an amazing story, and I think that we should all be very proud, and we should cheer for individuals like that, and we should look at them as uh, a form of inspiration. And I hope that um, that many other young people from this region uh, find find themselves in a way that that they have the ambition to to really make a change uh, in this region, just like he did. Yeah, and y- yes, and you as well have uh, one team that's all around you that everyone was speaking about speaking about it it was the four days working week so what was the reception yes. in the company i believe that your uh, your employees were just joyful uh, tears of joy with them but uh, how it went with the the, the the community in croatia yeah i mean obviously they the, the the employees they were super happy when they were told that for the same salary we expect them to come to the home office or to the office one day less a week uh it doesn't happen very often that that people are getting that kind of a race basically not so much in salary but more in free time uh and and you know this is um 
we, we were one of the first companies in the country to actually introduce a four-day work week. So we obviously got a lot of uh, media attention because of it. It was mentioned in all the portals and newspapers. It was even on television. Uh, but you know, it, it, you, you, nowadays you already see that it's happening more and more often. Uh, for example, in the United Kingdom, they're doing some tests with, uh, with I think, 50 larger companies that are going to participate in this test to see if it would work out for them, the four-day work week. I think in Belgium, they even changed the law where employees have an option to choose to work four days and the employer cannot refuse something like that. Uh, so, you know, obviously we are moving into a direction where a four-day work week, uh, slowly but surely, is not becoming like an exception anymore. It, be, it becomes something more acceptable. Uh, and, you know, just in the past, all the way in the past, when Ford introduced the five-day work week, because back in those days, everybody was working six days, then Ford introduced the five-day work week. That became the new standard. I would not be surprised if in the, in, in, in the relatively near future that a four-day work week would become the standard in many sectors. Uh, and that simply has to do with the fact that uh, we have gained so much more efficiency uh, as a result of the technology that we are using that I think that it's about time that, that we are returning some of those efficiency gains to the employees. Uh, on that note, uh, you mentioned efficiency. And I think like in today's bureaucracy that we have, uh, like you can escape it in some sense. You have a lot of bureaucracy going on. I think that companies are just overflown with people who are sitting at desk uh, two or three hours doing nothing. They have they have nothing to do. And I think that's where this, like you mentioned, technology comes in. We, like how we wind up in the 21st century and we have people going to work doing nothing. They have nothing to do. Why wouldn't we let them uh, go have the free time, innovate something, uh, spend time with their family? And I think that's where you will get new ideas. People will find new inspiration and appreciation for their work. Yeah, well, I think that uh, the scenario that you just mentioned uh, is, is more often seen in the public sector than in the private sector. Uh, I think the private sector is super competitive. It doesn't matter what you do, but it's super competitive. And I don't think that pretty much anybody in the private sector can afford to have just people sitting around doing nothing all day. So uh, I think the scenario, what you, what you just mentioned, is, is more often happening in the public sector. Um, you know... Uh, People in general, uh, if 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 they if they're comfortable enough, they become very lazy, and uh, I can imagine that there is a lot of uh, people that feel very comfortable in in a public sector job uh, that are becoming very lazy and that are becoming uh, without any inspiration, and it's going to be very difficult for those individuals uh, to to turn their life around where they actually become an active participant again to. Uh, to, to contributing to a better society altogether. Yeah, and it's a problem because that's the major part of the community here in this region. So, like, entrepreneurs... I, I would disagree. I, I, would, I would disagree there. I don't think well, for so. No, you cannot say that, that... That's the situation. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think that there's a lot of people that, uh, that work extremely hard in this region that yeah, are... I'm not uh, very smart and intelligent and yeah. um, of course there is a large group of people that uh, that can be categorized as 
lazy public servants, as a matter of saying. Uh, at the same time, I think that you have that not only in this region. That that's something that you will find anywhere in the world. Uh, what do you think, you like entrepreneur? Uh, what would be your advice to the future entrepreneur, to the next generation? How to start? Well, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, being an entrepreneur is nothing more and also nothing less than solving somebody else's problem. And the more problems that you can solve and the bigger problems that you can solve, the more revenue and profits your company can make from that. And so any advice to anybody that, that, that enjoys or, or would like to become an entrepreneur or is an entrepreneur, I, I would just say, listen very closely and open your eyes to what is happening around you and identify that problem that you want to solve. Doesn't matter what it is. You know, that can be a problem where, where Croatia became an importing nation while in the past it used to be able to produce enough food in the, for the entire region. That's a problem. I, I identified that as a problem where in, in, in a world where there's more and more people, how to grow food in a sustainable, reliable and a nutritious way. That's a problem that Croatia hasn't solved yet. We make beautiful food here. The food is amazing, very delicious, but we are not able to scale it and we are definitely not able to scale it at such a level that we can export it and that we can live from it. And uh, so that, that is a problem that I wanted to go out and solve. Uh, and and yeah, that, that's, that's my message uh, towards anybody that wants to start a business, look around listen and, and, and watch carefully to what you identify as problems around you and start fixing it. You, you mentioned like uh, previously on the crop project, uh, I think you would be amazed how much, uh, I don't know the statistics for Croatia, but I know in Montenegro, we, we depend on uh, imported goods so much that yeah. it, it can cause a catastrophe in, in our country. And there were some signs of it in this lately turbulent times that it could happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really hope like through projects such as yours, you know, to, to just raise awareness uh, to people like uh, even think just to think about, hey, we have this beautiful land and we have as much as Croatia does, except we're a little small nation, uh, just to raise awareness like, hey, we have all these all these tools at our disposal and we can use it we can build something and we can we can make money be richer you know be happier uh why do you think like you said croatia used to uh, export much more than it imported why do you think that mm -hmm. shift in mindset just happened or was happening over the years like why did we stop producing our own and started importing the foreign yeah well, I think that that all has to do with uh, simply uh, not being able to scale at a larger at, at, at larger volumes. Uh, what you see is that, for example, farmers here in Croatia, they have perhaps a lot of land, but it's like scattered all over the place. So they have one hectare over there. They have a half a hectare over there. Then they have three more hectares somewhere else down the road. And, and it's problem. very difficult. And then, of course, you have the, the challenges with cataster. Uh, Probably in Montenegro, the same thing with land ownership. You know, it's it's all very complicated because, you know, great grandfather passed away, left the land, and now all of a sudden it's owned by 15 people instead of one. Uh, and then at the end of the day, nothing is happening with that land. 
And if you look at, for example, what happened in the Netherlands a long time ago already, I'm talking about more than a century ago, uh, is they forced basically people to exchange land with each other so that they would create big plots, large plots of land uh, where you can actually work in a very efficient way using the right machinery, etc. And um, that's that's obviously not done here in, in this region. Uh, then all of a sudden, Croatia or this region, we have to compete against uh, producers that are able to produce at much larger scale, at much more in, in a much more cost efficient way. And all of a the sudden, they deliver a better product for less money than you can. And all of a sudden, you're bankrupt. And then, you know, there's just no way that you can restart this in, 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 in a proper way. You know, here in Croatia, for example, um, altogether, there's about 55, 60 hectares of, of high tech greenhouses altogether. So this is from several different growers. I know that there is one very big grower in Croatia. Uh, it's, it's Osatina Grupa. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think they have about 35 hectares of greenhouses, which again, you know, this is really huge. I hope that one day I can have 35 hectares. That would be amazing. It's, it's, it's a big operation. Uh, should that number be bigger on the country scale? You think? Yeah, of course, much, much or bigger, because I mean, just for you to put things in perspective, uh, Osatina with 35 hectares being the largest grower here in Croatia is competing against a family farm in the Netherlands that has 150 hectares. Chaos. Yeah. And in the, in, in the Netherlands, there is uh, many, many of those growers that have tens and tens, hundreds of hectares of greenhouses. Uh, altogether, I think in the Netherlands, there's over 9,000 hectares of high-tech greenhouses. That's what we are comp competing against. You know, very often people are telling me like, yeah, but you know, your tomatoes that you plan to grow in your greenhouse, they can't compete with domestic tomatoes of my grandfather. And I say, yes, that's true. You know, we cannot compete against that. But I'm not competing against your grandfather's tomatoes. Your grandfather's tomatoes do not end up in the supermarket. You eat that yourself. What I'm competing against is that we are importing many, many trucks of fresh vegetables from Spain, from the Netherlands, from Italy, so that if you end up in a, in a, in a supermarket here in Croatia in the winter, you cannot find a Croatian product. Here in Montenegro, it's uh, so much extreme. For example, now that Serbia has banned the export of flour, and uh, uh, sunflower yeah. oil we don't have anything on our supermarket shelves because we do not have production uh i mean yeah. uh we are expecting the first production company to open in the following months it's to make uh chips from potato uh -huh. the first company yeah. and we have i think around 70 percent of unused agricultural potential it's shame yeah so what to do i mean uh, maybe somebody should think about uh, planting some uh, sunflowers and start producing sunflower oil uh, yeah but uh, you know the problem i think and this is the mindset i believe many people in xu regions have uh, we expect the government to do a job on our behalf yeah that's just my general mindset that i think a lot of people have here and we are quick to blame the government and i'm i'm not you know supporting our government by any any means but i'm saying like uh you have many people 
even in the past few years, I know few people who went to the villages, returned to the villages and built their own, uh, you know, sort of business or agricultural business. But I think that not not using, again, politicians as an excuse, but I think there uh, needs to be on some country level to raise interest, like the country helps its its own, so to speak. Because if you mm-hmm. want a made in Croatia, if you want made in Montenegro, I think the, the, the government needs to step, step up and say, oh, listen, if you do this for us, if you produce more of made in Croatia, we're going to give you some, you know, some, uh, I don't know, like help in some way. Do you think that would be a good thing? Is, is something like that done in Croatia? Because I know, uh, sure, it isn't done in Montenegro. <laughs> yeah, but it's tough because of the European policy and uh, uh, competition policies in Europe. If we just get back to entrepreneurship, I'm 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 just so like mentally aware of the fact that there's nobody going to take care of me. You know, if there's anybody that's going to take care of yourself, it's it's you, you know, the person that looks back at you in the mirror. Uh, I'm not expecting or counting on the government to do anything for me. Uh, and if you if you don't have those expectations, then I also don't think that you can get very much disappointed um we just have to and and this is not only for this region the same applies in the netherlands you know um we just need to be um how to say it it, it, it's all about um uh, taking taking full accountability and responsibility for for where you want to go and yeah of course i mean it would be great if we have certain policies that are pushing certain developments into certain directions but if you as an entrepreneur, if you see a supermarket with empty shelves, with, with no sunflower oil available, and if you are a farmer, then do you need the government to tell you to grow sunflowers? Or can you just use your own brain and start doing it yourself? I mean, this is all a matter of, of, of supply and demand. Doing business has nothing more, is nothing more than, than supply and demand and fixing a problem. This is a problem. That Montenegro doesn't have production is a problem. Now, who is going to step up and do something about it? The person that will has a very good chance on making it very big. And then all the people that were waiting for the government to give direction, they will probably point fingers towards that person that did take a chance and started production and all of a sudden drives around in a new brand new Mercedes. And and everybody's going to think by themselves, ah, you know, that was easy. This guy started the factory at the right time. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's how it works in life. You know, people are telling me all my life that I've been lucky. Uh, listen, uh, like entrepreneurship, you, you said it's the matter of uh, supply and demand and fixing the problem. Uh, obviously, you're a busy man uh, with a crop project and company other you're running. Are there any other things that you wish you had the uh, more time or that you want to tackle any more problems that you think you can help solving uh, in Croatia or around the world, uh, anywhere that you would like to tackle in the future, tomorrow, in a year or anytime. He just wants to steal the business idea. <laughs> uh, you can have any idea that I have. It's okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of that. Uh, I don't even look at it as competition. Uh, so first of all, um, I mean, I have four children, so uh, I also dedicate a lot of time uh, to my family. Uh, then, 
of course, I'm involved in in Web Power Adria. We we are the first locally based company specialized in email marketing and marketing automation. We are serving uh, companies from all across the region, uh, and and basically what we do is we become a very good local alternative to Mailchimp. That's that's our proposition, and we do that very well. We are growing like crazy. Uh, last year we grew with like seventy six percent. This year we are also continuing on the same track, and um, uh, that 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 is a company that is that I'm very happy and satisfied with. That is moving into the right direction, becoming a key player in the region. Then, of course, crop. We discussed that. Um, and, and, and one other thing that I'm involved with is that this is more of my, my charity, uh, but it's, uh, it's the Digital Nomad Association Croatia. So uh, almost well, a bit more than a, than a year ago, uh, or a bit more than two years ago almost, now almost two years ago, uh, I introduced, uh, I, I actually started the initiative of introducing a Digital Nomad visa in Croatia. Uh, Croatia on the 1st of January, 2021, became the second country in Europe and the seventh country in the world to actually welcome digital nomads by granting them a staying permit. Uh, so part of my initiative was to, to change that law, two laws actually, two laws and two regulations. We did that all in a matter of six months in Croatia with of course full support from the prime minister, uh, with full support and, and, and a very strong push from the state secretary of Ministry of Interior, uh, Theresia Gras. And um, I also therefore started the, the association, which is, um, again, this is more of my charity. So I'm making strong efforts to turn Croatia into, let's say, a hotspot for remote work professionals globally, uh, which is a really very nice thing and, and very rewarding uh, activity to do. Uh, I'm also supporting actually Montenegro in, in this. Uh, I'm in contact with. Um, uh, your minister, uh, Tamara uh, Surzentic, if Good I'm day. saying it correctly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm also supporting uh, Montenegro with, with making legislative changes uh, that would allow digital nomads to get a permit or a visa to stay in Montenegro up to one year. Uh, I hope that once that is being accomplished, that we can also start an association in Montenegro to uh, to make sure that that association can also support and unite digital nomads that are coming to Montenegro and other things. Um, well, I already uh, was thinking that once we become really very big with agriculture uh, and we have uh, accomplished some of the, the goals that I have of becoming less dependent on import and, and ultimately to help turn Croatia into an exporting nation. Uh, one other thing that I would love to find a solution for is actually um, uh, the care of uh, old people. So like old people houses, uh, old people homes um, in Croatia. Uh, I think that Croatia, what it offers is a, is a phenomenal lifestyle. And I think that there's a lot of uh, people from... Uh, from Europe that would love to retire in Croatia, but we don't have the, the necessary infrastructure for that. And just like, for example, a lot of Americans, they go retire in uh, Florida. Uh, I kind of hope and, and, and want to help to see if I can help turn Croatia into the Florida of Europe, as a matter of saying, where uh, old people from, from all across Europe, uh, that they, they come to amazing facilities for, for old people with all kinds of 
fun activities to do you know i mean not not for them to sit in a in a, in a room with a with a view but all kinds of um, nice activities to do and 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 field trips and whatnot uh, but also that for example you know you spend a couple of months in in an old people's home near makarska as a matter of saying and after three months you think by yourself you know what uh, let me go and, and be in istria now for three months and and do some bicycle riding and wine tours over there and so if we can develop that kind of infrastructure of all people's homes across croatia uh, but again also in a way where i would like to have a social impact uh on, on on that concept where because for example a lot of old people in croatia they would not be able to afford that kind of care uh because old people here in in this region are are in general very very poor and they depend on on their children to be taken care of so if we can find a concept where for example for every fifth european that comes to those old people's homes uh, and, and and pays for their care if for every fifth person we can also provide the same care to a local person in croatia uh, to have that impact uh, i i think that would be amazing to do something like that and if you want to go do that in Montenegro, I, I fully support you. I, I would love to see you do that in Montenegro. We have that problem in Montenegro because basically all old people uh, homes are taboo still. Because if some family, uh, even if the old, uh, if my grandma or grandfather wants to go to home, mm. and when they hear, oh they send him to the home, it's like you're disregarded by the, the the whole community. You are the bad son, bad grandson. Yeah. And okay. Well, maybe this this uh, maybe needs a bit more time then. But if it starts with actually European citizens coming to Montenegro or coming to Croatia to retire. Uh, and if that kind of like becomes the normal thing, or if it actually becomes a huge industry where Croatia and Montenegro become like, let's say retirement homes of the European elderly citizens, then I think that more and more families are also going to perhaps be more open-minded of, I mean, I'm not going to say sending their parents there. I mean, you as a parent would want to go there. I mean, if I'm, if I'm old one day or much older than I am today, and I would need that kind of care, I would personally much rather go to a home like that where I get professional care than that I become a burden to my four children. Yeah, okay, so, and I mean, if we, let's say that in the upcoming 10 years, I, I managed to do everything with the agriculture, and then I'm gonna need another 10 or 20 years to do this old people's homes, by the time that we finished with that project, we can live in it ourselves. <laughs> well, I think we will be in shape a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Just eat a lot of healthy vegetables in the meantime. Yeah. Well, after you finish with the Croatian crop, uh, Montenegro is the great opportunity to expand the market. <laughs> You're welcome here. Perfect. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So this this was interesting interview, Jean. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity to talk with you. I hope you also had a good time so yes thank you thank you so much for having me good luck with the show we stay genuine uncensored and unscripted and we always will as we have to order our usual share us and subscribe us and stay tuned until the next wednesday Iguzo!